Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next hit of Rugby Nation. Beth Newman is somewhere on the screen, and alongside her, above her, below her, somewhere is Aussie Sevens coach, Tim Walsh. Walshy, great to have you with us. I can't believe it's been this long since we've got you on Rugby Nation, and you are sitting in the best chair we've had on the show yet. That's amazing. I've got this especially for you, Shawnee. I was hoping you'd open up with that. Yeah, it's How good our, is it? It's our Sevens... Um, our sevens trainer of the day, trainer of the week chair. I've trained pretty well this week, so I've decided to to show it off. So it's basically um, <laughs> jerseys from all the um, all the past sort of fifteen years, donated by captains and players who've won events and played in benchmark events like Rio and and everything. So it's a bit of a a, a past and um, and a, a legacy, I guess, to uh, be privileged to to sit on it. It's a stunning piece of furniture, Beth Newman. Yeah, it's fantastic. And how does it work? Do you, does it get sent around to people's <laughs> houses or is it a ceremonial sit down at the end of the each week? How does that work? Yeah, it's just in, in the team meeting. So the performance managers of each of each week decide when to award it, whether it be daily or, or weekly. So it's basically their their decision and it's front and centre in the in the team room. And the whoever's on it gets up and shakes the hand of the of the next recipient and they sit down and uh, and take take their spot. Uh, Walshy, we have to transition away from your uh, little comfortable lazy boy style setup there. And Beth, I know that we normally kick off our sort of new stuff with you leading the charge on this front, but I find it might be a little bit tricky for you to have to delve into this given the nature of what dropped via uh, your writing essay, rugby.com.au, and what has happened as a result at Rugby Australia and large part to COVID-19, but a bunch of other stuff that's contributed to it as well. So the update off the back of Beth's reporting yesterday, 47 staff of 142 made redundant at Rugby Australia. That included 30 casual contractors who were terminated immediately. Senior staff asked to take a 5% pay cut and $5.5 million in wages set to be saved as a result. Beth, I saw an outpouring of fellow journalists and people in media upset by your imminent move. How are you this morning and uh, and what does it look like going forward for you? I didn't want to make this about about me, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot. it's a sad day for Australian rugby on Monday. You know, so many people in the game across all parts of, of the organisation, um, obviously finishing their time in rugby and, and you know, across all, all industries, you know, media and, and sport. Um, and and yeah, I think you know personally, I'm I'm doing okay. I, you know, I think it's an opportunity in media and sport um, in the coming months. That there's you know so many things going on, but um, but the game's gonna go through some some tough times, and um, you know a lot of people are gonna be hurting today. And um, you know, I think there's always commentary when when you talk about um, sporting administrations. You've seen it with the NRL, with Rugby Australia, the last few months. You know, talking about bloated head offices and things like that. Um, but I think you know it's important to remember that in you know in these sort of times that everybody is out of a job or you know in a tough situation you know isn't just a number you know it's a real person and and you know it's important to remember that going forward and and hopefully you know rugby will turn a corner and and we'll be you know there'll be some exciting things to come. I know that you are reluctant to touch on it, Beth, but we have to because of the contribution that you make. Let's shift now into the footy news across the last couple of weeks, uh, or the last week rather. Sunwolves won't take any part in Super Rugby domestically here in Australia. It's set to kick off July 3. What do we both make of that? I'm kind of sad that the mighty Moondogs won't be fronting up. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I guess it's not a surprise, is it, with all the travel restrictions and, you know, they're trying to get players from Japan and Australia and New Zealand to come together. And I think they had they have to do the two-week quarantine and then try and play, you know, two weeks after that. So probably not a surprise if that's the case. But, yeah, a little bit sad because it also, you know, kind of means the end of the Sunwolves in um, after they were kind of told they weren't going to be part of the 2021 Super Rugby competition. So it's, uh, it's all Aussie. Yeah, you make, what do you make of that, Walshie? What do you think that competition's going to look like? And can we touch on, I can't remember if it was your idea or uh, your assistant coach, uh, Stephen Hoyles, to have what could have potentially been a Barbarian Sevens outfit, just throw a couple of tight forwards in there from some of the super clubs, and we could have had ourselves a replacement for the Sunwolves. That's right. Yeah, we were brainstorming all, all sorts of ideas, and Hoyles um, is always great for a for our, a, a creative idea, but also for the good of the game. So yeah, we were um, we were looking and, and plotting and, and trying to lobby for for the opportunity to to play. Obviously, the Sevens boys, um, as per the, the Sunwolves, it's every international competition. It's very very unlikely, so um, if not impossible logistically. So I think the Super Rugby comp in Australia is fantastic for so many reasons, and it would have been great to to slot in uh, a. Uh, a sevens team with uh, with borrowing a few a few tight fives. So yeah, you know, whether it been the the sixth team or the Sunwolf license, because I know Beth was just saying there's a there's a lot of uh, Australians that were playing in that team. So um, not to be, but um, yeah, I thought it was a, a great a great opportunity there. Who do you reckon would have would have maybe stepped up really really well in in a Super Rugby comp from your squad? All of them. <laughs> no, I mean some of them don't have any like some of them are career sevens players and obviously some of them are uh, are future wallabies so there's uh, there, there's a mixture there and um, I'm sure we'll, we'll get onto it in uh, in a later questions but there's there's a there's been a fair bit of interest in uh, in the boys now because they're they're free to go and play some Super Rugby and, and certainly club rugby so we sort of switched our focus to a. Uh, to a bit of fifteens um, for the next uh, for the next few months at least, anyway. So we are going to touch on the sevens and deep dive on that in just a second. But just to recap, there with the unlikely event uh, of a sevens barbarian team taking to the field, those guys will go back to club rugby. Is that right? The blokes who are part of your squad will head back to Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra. Um, yeah, I mean, we prefer them to be in, in Sydney because we are we don't want to neglect sevens um, mm. at all. Um, we want to be the best in the world at certain aspects. So we don't have the urgency that we're going to play New Zealand and Fiji and, and Canada in sort of six weeks' time. But we want to be, when we do return, we want to be fit, strong and healthy and be world's best at a, f- uh, a few key areas. So, you know, whether it be combining it with, um, with the club football club rugby and then training two or three times a week um, here on specific skills and sevens uh, sort of pro-S and then uh, keeping mentally stable and in an environment and playing footy that's only going to benefit us. So that that cohesion and, and mutually beneficial gains of sevens and fifteens and committing them, committing them to, to a season as well. And then, as I said before, um, you know, there's a, a fair few blokes that have been approached by the super clubs to, to go and play in that comp as well. And then I've no doubt as that season drags on that if there are injuries, uh, you know, there'll be some standout performers uh, in the club comps that uh, will be sevens boys and hopefully they get a get an, another another opportunity to show their wares um, to 
uh, you know, Wallaby selectors and, and myself uh, for the future of sevens. And the, I think the other, the other, sorry, interesting discussion that's been around this Super Rugby Comp is a bit more talk about law changes and that sort of thing. And, you know, a lot of talk about making things faster and more exciting, which, you know, I'm sure as a sevens coach, um, you know, makes you pretty excited to see maybe 15s take on some of the things that, that sevens has. Is there anything, Walshie, that you reckon, you know, could really translate from sevens to 15s that maybe isn't already in the, the longer format of the game? Um, I haven't gone into too much thought around exact uh, rule changes, but it certainly does um, excite me around, you know, the, the style of, of rugby that wants to be seen and wants to be viewed and, believe it or not, played as well. But um, it certainly fits the, the seven environment. And that's what we've been sort of always striving towards in terms of our, our vision of the program is that we're not the the biggest and fastest team, but we're going to be the smartest and most skillful and, and the fittest. So, um, you know, I think it's a, it's the Aussie way. And uh, I think, you know, sevens players that, that will transition after the Olympics and over the next few months, will certainly show the benefits of that. And uh, sort of, I think fits the, the future vision of, uh, of Rugby Australia. So I think it's, it's bringing us closer together and uh, mutually beneficial and learning a lot more off each other and uh, making sure that, you know, uh, whether it be a pathway or a career, that they're, they're on a, a really good pegging and they can support each other in every way. Let me ask you to this. Having secured the Western Force as another team in this domestic competition, what are your thoughts on embracing some of those global rapid rugby rules that were obviously brought in and given the tick by World Rugby to be used through those uh, season and a bit of global rapid rugby games? Having called a couple of them, I thought that they worked quite well and for whatever reason, it just felt quicker. What's your take? You want to go, Beth? Yeah, I mean, I've probably only seen a little bit of rapid rugby over over the couple of years. But, yeah, you're right, Shawnee. It definitely is exciting and you hope that... I mean, they're already talking about scrum clocks and, and that sort of thing um, being introduced into this Super Rugby AU competition and just little things like that that, yeah, kind of create the illusion even that things are quicker, even if maybe they're not. It just makes it a bit more exciting and creates more of an entertaining product. So, you know, and, and I think at the end of the day, just having an open mind about innovation is so important at this point in time, so many people have spoken about it, super rugby coaches and that sort of thing about, you know, this is an opportunity for rugby to really refresh itself and, mm. you know, why not? Yeah, it's the evolution of, of rugby and, and keeping up with it. Like, you know, you look at videos, I know, you know, on the TV these days, there's been heaps of the games in the, in the past and you just see how, how it's evolved. So absolutely, we have to innovate and, uh, and, and continue to to improve the game so we, we don't get left behind. But that's what the is what is being demanded at the moment is um, is, is more excitement, um, possibly you know less less time so the game the game's quicker, um, and that you know the, the the shorter forms or the more high high octane entertaining games are, uh, are what's wanted. So I think there's you know 15s is is certainly able to produce that product by making making changes then of course then you've got you know sevens just trying to bring that back into the conversation mm. <laughs> it's, it's mm. a great it's a great a great product you know you've got 2020 cricket they've all tried or every other sport is trying to have this shorter form of the game to make it um um you know 
entertaining or attracting to audiences and, and we've got the we've got the product right there we've had it for 20 years mm. so whether you merge the two or, or or change the rules a bit or whatever but there's uh there's some opportunities there and i think this is a um covid as, as shocking as it is it's a catalyst to to innovate and create well, that is the perfect segue into us going into the Sevens program in a little more depth. Obviously, uh, you and I have been grounded over the last little bit with COVID postponing, not only the Olympics, but we had uh, London and Paris, Hong Kong, Singapore all shifted. We got through six events, which has meant that Tokyo pushed to next year. How has that... Actually, let's start off with how has that changed things for you guys in terms of preparing for Tokyo, preparing for that Olympic gold medal in 2021? Um, we always try to look at things as a, as a positive and there's a lot of uh, obviously obstacles and barriers and ups and downs before them. But as a whole, we've got another year to prepare. I've got another year to be a better coach. So we're thinking, you know, that's, that's a good thing. But then we have to save the program, maintain the core group of the players, keep ourselves motivated. Um, all those, all those little things that everybody's dealing with um, on a personal level and uh, as a, as a high performing team um, as well. So obviously there's a lot uh, to happen between now and then, but ultimately, you know, we tell the players, what is it that you want? And a lot of them set out to this, this journey, whether it be three years ago or six years ago that they, want to go and, and, and be Olympic champions. And they might not have achieved it at the first one, continued on or, or come back to this one. So keep the faith and nothing's really, nothing's really changed apart from time. And time's something we don't usually get. Mm. Um, so it's, uh, we have, we've got another, another year to be better. And in reality, you look at the average age of all the, all the teams, we're still very young. Um, but we're in a, a prime position to, to be peaking. And we believe we were going to peak in Tokyo, but... You know, this is uh, in Tokyo 2020, but now it's, uh, it's another one to, to be better. So where are you guys at in terms of trying to get some competitive games or competitive sevens tournaments going as well? Because, I mean, with no international travel, it's kind of probably unclear what could happen before the Olympics, I guess. Yeah, and that's, that is the, the unknown. And that, that's the challenge to try to keep everybody uh, on board and how do, we, how do we get better. And I sort of touched on it before. We've got this plan at the moment to to compete and, and pick up different different skills while improving our own. So we've got the seven specific training here, going to play 15s. So involved in a team, committing to to a team and being part of something, not just sort of in and out, but but being there. So that keeps you mentally mentally healthy and uh, and motivated and charged and then and then come in here and so when we do return to full full practice and, and tournaments and we've we've got a schedule, we've got our program intact that we're coming fresh and have a clear goal and benchmark of that. So, you know, World Rugby have got to come up with the, with the, with the format, which at the moment is, you know, the World Series. So that, that's great. And we just got to make sure that our program survives through this tumultuous time and um, come out, comes out better the other side. But um, that's what we're confident of it, of happening. But there are obviously a lot of, a lot of things to, to uh, to happen and 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 lobby and and look for uh, investment because uh, we as we all know and all all of us have uh, witnessed it either personally or as a as a group that you know some some bad news is going to happen. This is how we how we get through it. If we step back from an international style tournament, even sort of a Pacific only tournament for the 
Sevens World and brought one domestically. So let's say all the state borders open up around September. Are there any plans in place or is there scope potentially to have a National Sevens Club Comp or just something where we can throw your men back in at the into their format of the game and actually get something generated where guys are playing sevens against one another? It could potentially, I would think, be a great opportunity to get something up and running in that space. Yeah, do you know some people, Shawnee, that want to broadcast? Well, I just, well, how much do we need? How much cash do <laughs> we need to get exact, it running? I've asked that exact question. Actually, yeah. Look, I think there's there's tremendous opportunity, but there has to be supply and demand for it, and there has to be some, some, uh, you know, some some backing behind it. But you do, you look at the the borders open. You got the three out of the top four um, sevens countries, you know, on our doorstep: Fiji, New Zealand, Australia. Um, right here basically ready to play so there's um there's still an opportunity for that um there is i mean again being in that bubble is great but i talk to the uh to the coaches of those respective teams and samoa quite regularly and Mm. it's certainly on our on our radar it's just a matter of of when and if um you know it is november december uh great if it's earlier and we've got some some uh, opportunity whether it be funding or broadcasting that want to play it then um certainly we're ready to go like that's mm. it and the other the other idea that um we've been branched on as well was you, you have the the Bledisloe the Bledisloe Cup and we there's talks about four or five of those games being being played we want to have a a Bledisloe Cup type um sevens sevens uh, tournament or even a game before and a game after the mm. Cup and we looked at, you know, I think I did some research in 1931, Lord Bledisloe, the Governor-General of New Zealand, donated the cup. And that's how it became the Bledisloe Cup. So I was thinking Shawnee Maloney could donate a cup. Sure. We could call it the Maloney Cup. And basically <laughs> that could be the legacy of sevens for eternity. Every time there's a Bledisloe Cup, that there's a seventh game before and after the Maloney Cup. What do you think? Do you know how the Bledisloe Cup holds 38 cans? Mine would hold 68. <laughs> well mate that's something that i hope that can potentially be looked at i mean a curtain raiser between uh you could have the aussie men and then potentially the aussie women um up against their respective counterparts from nz which would be terrific to see them back on the park let's go through some of the players you have made some squad changes uh, beth and i wanted to touch on this particular fella heading down to the Melbourne Rebels, uh, Jarrell Skelton. And it must have been hard to lose him to Super Rugby, but can I get a word from you on Jarrell Skelton? I'm a huge fan. Where do you sit? Yeah, fantastic uh, young uh, young player and massive potential in both forms of the game. So he's a, his original plan was to go to the Olympics and then head off to the Rebels. So he signed that contract a, um, a fair while ago. And because of the, the delay or the postponement of the Olympics, puts him in a bit of a tight situation, but honouring his contract and uh, certainly a blessing from us. Um, mm. It could be some some uh, work in the future around him having a crack at it, but as it stands, he's concentrating with the Rebels and giving it everything he, he can there. But what an athlete. You know, I think you could probably put 10 to 15 kilos on him. He's probably the, the most ripped Samoan black I've ever, I've ever seen. But mm. he's, uh, I think, Every time you've commentated him, um, Shawnee, but particularly in that Sydney tournament, he certainly has a, a bit of X factor as a ball carrier, can hit, plays without fear, and he's got the skills of a basketballer. So mm. pretty, uh, pretty handy to have out at the, uh, at the 
in the back row of your scrum, but to have those uh, those skills. And that's, again, what we try and do with sevens is your jack of all trades, master of some. So mm. he can turn it over, he can run, he can defend. And he's got the aerial skills as well through, you know, for line outs and, and restarts and stuff. So, yeah, really keen to see Jarrell um, um, play really well in 15s and uh, and hopefully see him uh, in another gold jersey being all mm. one, if not back with us again at some stage as well. And I guess in, in this sort of scenario, like how has it affected your squad planning? And even, you know, we've seen some guys come back in through the World Series, guys like Sean McMahon and, um, and Luke Morahan and even Samu Karevi, you know, has expressed interest in that sort of thing. Like how, how does what's happening now kind of affect, you know, what, what you see as the squad going forward and what the makeup will be in Tokyo? Yeah, look, uh, the squad... For my makeup didn't didn't really change. Like we have a, a really world class group of, uh, of players that will make that make up that that team. And if they could be complemented with with the odd uh, with the odd player, that's really going to add value. And I know I've gone through all that sort of the the formula behind that. But um, geez, you have to feel for for these fellas now. Like you know they had these these goals to be over there now and then you know, either stay on and, and do another one or go to 15s or whatever it is. And, you know, look, like all athletes, their whole sort of, um, their training, their, I say family, I know it's used a lot, but they travel four months of the year together. They're, they're best mates. They, even like not being out of touch. Like you've seen rugby bikes, Shawnee, they're, mm. you know, they're high five and cuddling all the time. You, you know, mm. you think there'd be something going on, but you just sort of take that all away from them and, you know the fact they're playing for the country, all that kind of—it's just—it's—it's—it's it's, uh, it's hard. It's hard to 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 watch and to and to motivate. And it's a it's a it's a bloody great big challenge for them and uh, and for the whole program. You know, managing up, down, left, and right, and my own my own emotions as well. Mm. But um, yeah, nothing's really in terms of what we're focused on um, and what my plans are. Nothing's uh, nothing's massively changed obviously there's a lot of stuff in in between but the the core the the style the vision of where we're going remains the same we just got to um maintain you know mental stability motivation and uh and the, the desire to, to to go on which i'm i know they all have it's just uh, just the ups and downs Let's assume that uh, the next world series we find a vaccine for COVID, we're good to go in dubai what might be one thing you would change about the series to uh, shape it in every direction you want, any direction that you want to take it? What might be one a change? Just consistency. Like the, the way that the format was last season was um, three days, two days, joint, not joint, number of games, play welfare. It was just all over the shop. And, you know, us as the coaches and the players were struggling to work out who was qualifying and who was doing the, you know, how to prepare and all that kind of stuff. It was great in terms of having to adapt, but as a viewer and as a product, it sort of diluted a little bit, you know, and I was on the, the steering committee for, for the formatting and there were three things that needed to make sure happened. And out of all of them, I think one of them was, was, uh, was adhered to. So consistency is the most, the most important. Um, just so, you know, it, I think consistently not only prevents injuries and whatever, but for player welfare, but consistency for broadcasting, consistency for understanding, it becomes a, 
a, a product that everybody everybody gets and um, I think that's where we sort of let ourselves down last year so definitely consistency would be the number one okay well should we normally close out these chats with our guests uh, highlighting a game that they want screened on rugby.com.au we might just park that for the moment because I think that Beth Sorry lined up for this week either the 2001 second test or the 2013 second test. Uh, actually, they're already up and running, aren't they, Beth? Yeah, yeah so we had the opening Lions test last week. So it was week one. We're doing like a virtual Lions gotcha. series. Yeah, gotcha. so this is week two. You get to pick whether it's 01 or 2013, what you want what, to see. What would you go with? Um, who, me? Yeah, you get the choice. It's in your court. You can have 01 or 2013. I think I was at the 2001 one. The, the, the British Lions in Brisbane. No, that was, they, we, don't want to, we don't really want to go back over that because they got pantsed up there in Brisbane. But second they, test. They won the next two. Second test yeah. was uh, Melbourne, wasn't it, Beth? And then yeah, back to Sydney so. for the third. Yeah, I think the yeah, second right. test Definitely was... Definitely was a win, the 01 yeah. second test. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed watching those old ones and just how far the games come and even like looking at the... The, the size of the jerseys, like there's these high high <laughs> performance teams, you know, in uh, you know massive uh, massive arenas and high you know hot science, and we're wearing these jerseys that are adding another three kilos of weight on you and hanging off you. It's it's classic, but it's very nostalgic, and I absolutely love it. So yeah, I, I'd I'd go uh, I'd go two thousand one. 2001. Okay, that's an easy fit for you. Uh, Walsh, are we going to let you get back to trying to plan for tournaments that we don't know where they're going to land? Are you able to tell me if I should be getting the passport dusted off? Where am I <laughs> might be heading to next? Without a doubt, Johnny. Get, where are we get, off to? Anywhere. I take anywhere. I reckon we'll be uh, Fiji, New Zealand, um, probably sooner rather than, than later. Okay. And there's even talks of Hong Kong being uh, being on, so... Um, yeah. Well, Hong Kong and Singapore are still, just to recap, still uh, up in the air, but nothing's been decided certainly around Hong Kong and Singapore. So we live in hope that we get to see you back on the sideline um, quietly offering words to the Aussie men's sevens team. Beth Newman, we know it's been a tough week for you, but we hope you get through the back end of it okay. We're thinking of you. And uh, while she give our very best to your men as you see them around RAE headquarters over the next little bit and we will see you all again next time right here on Rugby Nation.